Happy National Snack Food Month, everyone. This is Betsy, and here are the sweet and salty offerings you can listen to in the Popping Collars feed in February 2022. Are you a new Coke person or a Coke classic? How about original West Side Story or Steven Spielberg version? That's our topic this month on Popping Collars as we discuss our favorite reboots and remakes. On the canon, a brand new group of panelists twist themselves into pretzels, drafting the essential movies of Jodie Foster. Greg and I are going nuts trying to figure out how in the world the Academy nominated Disney's Beauty and the Beast for Best Picture. Why? Why? Will our first animated movie on Going on 30 be our last? Finally, Dan Jocelyn Simitowski brings some peanuts and Cracker Jacks to the Sacred Six as he and Greg try to figure out what in the world Hank Aaron's record-breaking 715th home run has to do with the Sacrament of Communion. Thanks for listening to the podcast that melts in your ears, not in your hands, and keep those collars popped. Welcome to the Canon, a part conversation, part competition show where each of us attempt to assemble the most entertaining group of films using the works of an actor, creator, genre, or theme. Who is us? Well, it's me, the voice that you must be sick of by this point, Greg Knight. And let's throw it around the horn. Liz Easton is here. Liz, tell us where you are, what you're up to. Hey, Greg, I am coming to you live from Omaha, Nebraska, where I am the canon to the ordinary for the Diocese of Nebraska. Nice. Betsy Carmody is with us. Betsy, what's up? Not much. I am here in Virginia at the Episcopal High School, where I serve as head chaplain. But hold on. We're doubling down on the Carmody's <laughs> this time. We also have Emily Carmody Khan with us. Welcome to Popping Collars, Emily. Tell us uh, where you are and what you do. Oh, thanks, Greg. So excited to be here. Longtime listener, uh, first time participator. I'm in Durham, North Carolina, and I'm a social worker, mainly focusing on housing and homeless systems for the past couple of decades. Nice. Longtime listeners of Going on 30 will recognize that we reference Emily all the time in our movie. <laughs> yeah, I've basically been, she's leeching off of her good opinions for <laughs> much of that podcast. So yes, yes. Yeah. And I also just would like to have a correction here for the oh. official record that I am not a millennial or an old millennial, as <laughs> Bessie has called me. <laughs> she's a part of some made up generation that somebody like came up with about three or four years ago. The Zennials. The Zennials. Great. Mm -hmm. Sure. Mm -hmm. Whatever. Okay. It's better than What's old millennial. A zennial? A zennial is an old millennial. That's what they are. It's the yeah. bridge between Generation X and millennial. So it's also called the Oregon Trail generation. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, I, nice. Wait, yeah. so what year, if you don't mind me asking, we don't have to put this on the pod. Well, everybody, everybody says it kind of differently, but it's like somewhere between 77 and 81. Or Oregon Trail, all my favorite three and a half inch disc games to play. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's right. Uh, finally, let's face it, that voice that you just heard, he's the fifth Beatle at this point for popping collars. The one and only Eric Matoye. Welcome back, Eric. Tell us what you're up to, what you're doing. Oh, friends, always good to be on popping collars. It gives me it gives me street cred with my congregation. 
Uh, I serve as a, a rector for St. Francis Church in St. Francis Wood on the west side of beautiful, foggy San Francisco. Ooh, St. Francis Cubed. Uh, all right, let's get this thing started this month. We're drafting the movies of Jodie Foster. Before we get started, Betsy, what do you think of when you think about the works of Jodie Foster? I think that she is the celebrity that most people tell me I look like. Okay. That's what I think of. And so I've developed an impersonation because oh. I'm from Alabama. It has Will a good seven player. Yeah. Can you do it's, it? Yeah, sure. It's, um, it's, uh, it's from Silence of the Lambs. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So are you ready? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay. Dr. Lecter, tell me who the killer is. There we go. <laughs> Thank you. Thank That's you very much. Thank you very much. Oh my much. God. You yeah, know, you do look like her. I'd never thought about like I hadn't made the connection, but now I can't unsee it. I actually, I, Betsy and I look similar. And uh, um, I was getting my hair done when I was in college in North Carolina. And um, apparently she was filming a movie around there. And a woman came up to me when my hair was all wrapped up and was like, I just love your work. I think you're amazing. <laughs> Granted, Jodie Foster at that point was 40 and I was like 20 at that point. So I don't I don't know what was wrong with that woman, but she really went on and on Listen, about it. Jodie Foster's amazing skin. She does. Amazing she does. skin. Well, let's face it. She does always sort of sound like she has something like she's chewing on something when she talks. Like that's something that's she's chewing on, on that dialogue. She's chewing <laughs> yes, on that text. Right? Scenery. That's right. <laughs> okay. Here are the rules for the canon. The goal of the game. To create the most entertaining group of four movies. Once a film has been selected, it is off the board. No one else can choose it. The draft order will be chosen randomly by Betsy's favorite wheel, and picks will be made in snake order, meaning the person who picks last in the first round gets to pick first in the second round, so on and so forth. At the end of the draft, each person will get one minute to defend his or her canon, and fans... Our good listeners of the pod will be able to vote for their favorite canon on our website at poppingcollarspodcast.com. Does everyone understand the rules? Foggy as ever, dive right in. Exactly. (laughs) The rules are there are no rules. So first pick goes to Liz Easton. Silence of the lambs. Of course. It's mine. Fine. Fine, Liz. Watched it for the first time last year. I was always too afraid what? of people. Yes, I had never seen it. I, I was remember always, that. Yeah. I thought I would just be too scared. I was oh, wow. just too scared and loved it. It's now up there with among my favorite movies. Then I read all the books, which was very scary. Um, so yes, I'm delighted to pick Silence of the Lambs. I gotta say, this is such a Liz movie. This is such a Liz pick. True crime-ish kind of thing. Serial killers, plucky FBI agents. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Liz. Troubling troubling portrayal of transgender people. That is Mm -hmm. unfortunate. Mm -hmm. Um, Not great. Not great. We've got a scrappy young woman proving herself in a career. It's forever changed how I see fava beans on a menu. I can't hear the words lotion and basket and not (laughs) think of it. (laughs) I always say Chianti wrong. Because of that movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but a seminal work, all in all. I mean, if you moment you say Silence of Lambs, everyone has a Silence of Lambs story. Okay, Liz. 
Good job with your first pick. If you hadn't picked Silence of the Lambs, there would have been a revolt. Now you don't get to pick again forever. Betsy, <laughs> you are pick number two. Contact. Picking contact. Dang it. Yes. Love it. Carl Sagan. So are fun. You picking it just because of sexy priest Matthew McConaughey? I am not picking it because Jody doesn't need... She does not need things to complete her. I just enjoy, I enjoy wistful sitting on radio telescopes. I just, I, all of that following your dream type stuff. I just, I love stepping into the unknown. All right. I have pick number three. I am going with panic room. I saw where you were going, Liz, and I'm going to beat you to it. I'm picking Panic Room, an unrecognizable Dwight Yoakam in this movie, who is so creepy and sinister, it's chilling. And a very young Kristen Stewart. Yes. yes. Ooh, it does a great job. Exactly. Panic Room was a very, was a very creepy movie that had me, had me sleeping with the lights on, much to my beloved's uh, annoyance for about two nights. Mm. <laughs> I gotta say, I've never actually seen a legit panic room in my life, though. The thing is, if someone that you know has a panic room, they don't want anyone to know about the panic room. <laughs> like, the whole purpose of the room is to be hidden. Doesn't this seem like a good reality show, though? Like, like Cribs, except it's panic rooms? <laughs> I mean, I had, like, an unofficial panic room when I was living by myself. Like, it was like, if someone comes in, I'm going to hide here or I'm going to go into this room because it has a phone and a way out or something like that. But hmm. I feel Let like I've seen you. them on like HGTV tours. Oh, come on. Like something like that. I feel like I've seen them somewhere else. Like, is it a selling point for the house? You think? I don't know. Like if you're in like some fancy schmancy like home. Or just a weird thing about the house. Like a selling sunset situation or something. (laughs) There are properties that are sold with these unusual rooms. And a friend of mine, think, uh, bought a house. He has a very odd room that is sort of off into the back inside. And it has its own, it has its own electric setup to the emergency generator first. Mm, Interesting. And we think that, and and the realtor just said, and we have this room, and then here are the three car. And here's the three car garage, and he and I always joke it must be the panic room because it's not. It's wired to the Tesla emergency generator, not to the main house circuit. We don't oh. talk about the panic room. <laughs> don't talk about. But we don't talk about the panic room. <laughs> okay, Eric, you have the next pick. Pick number four. Oh man, gotta go with Kansas City Bomber. world of roller games there's room at the top for only one and there's only one kansas city bomber raquel welsh is the kansas city bomber and she's the hottest thing on wheels go 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 casey go okay i've never seen that what can you not like about roller derby i mean that's a good one man she must have been crazy young so we're talking like a movie that comes before Taxi Driver. That's that's a young Jodie Foster right there. Well, she's a child actor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But are you doing roller derby at like 10 years old? In the 70s, yes. 
Yeah, sure. You can do whatever you want with children in the 70s. <laughs> They're fine. They bounce. It'll be fine. They're very resilient. All right, Emily, you get two in a row. You get the last pick of the first round and the first pick of the second round. All right. I am going stealing home. Damn you. Yes, I knew it. <laughs> I, knew it. I knew if I picked contact, I was going to lose stealing home. I knew it. Yep. We watch yeah. this movie a lot. So much. And it's so That's inappropriate cute. for my age. I was a like lot. eight years old watching a movie with two suicides in it and a lot of underage sex. So, mm. but it's but a, a great fantastic soundtrack. movie. Oh my God. Bo Diddley. One, that's the first time I ever heard Bo Diddley. This is how I knew who David Foster was when he was like married to Hadid's and Catherine McPhee's and Mark Harmon. I mean, Mark- how about you? He was cute. <laughs> there was cute. a time when he was really cute. A great movie. And we watched it over and over again. Okay. So my second pick is Freaky Friday. Oh, yes. One. <laughs> that was another one I just watched over and over as a kid. And I mean, mainly for it, it was funnier to me to watch the adult try to act like a teenager in the body. But Jodie Foster did an amazing job at that in that movie. She was great. Super funny. Now I have to revise my strategy. Yep. All right. We're back to you, Eric. All right. I am. I'm still wondering why no one's picked Taxi Driver. I mean, think about it. Love interests of a crazy Bobby De Niro. There you go. And I believe it was the role that spawned the um, crazy stalker that she had, who would end up trying to assassinate President Reagan. Oh, yep. snap! Yeah, he fell in, he fell in love with her oh. while watching. You know, quote quotation marks here, um, while watching Taxi Driver. Mm-hmm. Taxi Driver, you know, not the movie that you break out on a Friday night, you know, with your red vines and popcorn bucket, but um, but a good well, movie. That, that's Worth one it. I've never seen because of that. Like, it, there's never a good night to really crack into Taxi Driver. I, I need a, a good mood. I don't know when to get into it, but I've never seen the whole thing. I have also never seen the whole thing. Whenever right, you're next, next holiday, Betsy, soon. we're just gonna bring out Taxi Driver. <laughs> yes. Look Whenever you're going for the Scorsese completionist, you know. Um, okay, it's back to me. Um, hmm. Okay, it was was going to be Freaky Friday, uh, but instead, I'm going to swerve a little bit. I'm going to go Summersby. You care for me, Flora? Yes, of course I do. Why are you doing this? Because you are not Jack Summersby. How do you know I'm not? A woman knows her own husband. Not good enough. You got no proof. I don't need any proof. Nobody here believes you. I don't care. I I know how I feel. That's all that matters to you. Yes. God, you are a hard-headed woman, Laurel. And you are a stubborn idiot. You are not Jack Summersby, so why do you keep going on pretending that you are? How do you know I'm not? I know because... How do you know, Laurel? I know because... How do you know? I know because I never loved him the way that I love you. Yeah. Boo. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, boo all you want, but it fits my theme. And uh, okay. I'm afraid that um, someone else would grab it because of the Richard gear of it all. So I'm going to go ahead and take it now. Okay, Betsy, we are back to you. Little Man Tate. <laughs> Little Man Tate. Little Man Tate. Boom. Love that kid. I love that she directed it. Oh, was that a directed by her? 
believe so. I thought yeah. the beaver. I thought the beaver was her first directed movie. No, she directed it, and she goes up against uh, Diane Weiss in that, right? Aren't yes. that who co-stars with her? Yes. Nice. Yeah, great cast. All right, Liz. A lot has come off the board since you picked the clear number one. So yeah. <laughs> where are we going next? So I know with this game, you can't always pick movies you've seen, but I'm taking the last movie I've actually seen off the board. So from here on, it's entirely guesswork. And that movie is now. I don't even feel it's appropriate to do the impression. From you can't. Anymore. Yeah, I don't think no. you, you can't, can't do, do it. You can't do a Nell impression. You can't. Suffice to say, she makes up her own language. In this movie. That used to be my Jodie Foster impression. And then that got taken <laughs> away from me. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Oh man. <laughs> I just remember okay. every when that movie came out, every comedian had yeah. some nail bit. Yeah. Everybody. All right, Liz. You've got Silence of the Lambs. You've got Nell. And now you get another pick. What would you like? She's never seen it before. Which is a movie I've never seen before. And I've not been paying enough attention to Google while you guys were talking. So Maybe I'll pick a movie I've heard about, okay. but never seen. The Dangerous Lives of Alter Boys sounds intense, and I'm obviously going with dramatic Jody, so I'm going to pick that. Okay. Yes. She plays right. a nun, a nun oh. in that film. Is it a good movie? Well, it's got some of your, your young, hot actors of the early aughts. Love that. Got some Kieran Culkin. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was there's just, a lot of I, huffing in that movie, right? Yeah, there's a lot of huffing in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Kids up to no kids drawing naughty comics and so, she won't have it as their Catholic school teacher. Is she a mean nun or like a complicated nun? What's I remember her? her being not nice. The ultra strict sister assumption. I think it's is their artwork one day and they embark on an obsessed trail of revenge. That changes their lives. Betsy, we're back to you for your third pick. Flight plan. Somebody has her. That's quite an assumption, Miss Brandt. But how else could her stuff disappear? Can you think of another way? I have to talk to the captain. I can ask him, ma'am, but I can't guarantee that he'll see. People do things to little girls, sick things. You know that. I need to talk to the captain. You will go back. Hey, hey. Someone has my daughter. Do you understand? Hey! Our child goes missing on an airplane. What are we going to do about it? We're going to get it done because we're Jody Foster. That's what we're doing. Nobody the can tell goes missing on the airplane. Mm-hmm. That sounds like my kind of movie. I might watch that tonight. There we go. I'm making a note. Need a piece of <laughs> Gesturing with a writing utensil. <laughs> I've noticed a trend which is that we're picking a lot of late Jodie Foster movies. I wonder if that's because they're better movies or because we're just not as familiar with her 70s run. Because my like third her genre, pick, her genre is a little more refined at that point. So if you're going thematically, the early ones are a little all over the place, especially as she's age transitioning. It's, it's, I think it's, if you're going for a strategy here, it can be a little harder to place those. Yeah. Yeah. My third pick is going to be Spike Lee's Inside Man. Oh, great say heist more movie. about that one it's not, it, because that sounds familiar. Great heist movie, Denzel Washington. I noticed no one is touching Mel Gibson with a 10-foot pole on this list either, which I find 
fascinating. So what do you think about her relationship with Mel? Is it complicated? She's defended him, hasn't she? Well, she, she cast took her him entire, in the She yeah. took her entire Golden Globe honorary speech to defend people who, I mean, basically it was like before cancel culture was a word, she was saying, don't cancel people. It's interesting. I mean, I, I think it's honest, at least, that she says that. Because I think a lot of people have said similar things when people have been exposed that they're friends with that have done really questionable things of it's really hard for me to reconcile this person that I know and what they've done. Uh, Eric, we're back to you. Oh my gosh, are we back to me? I'm going to toss on Bugsy Malone, small children, musical, gangster movie spoof, 1970s. Here's what I remember about early Jodie Foster is that for some reason, my elementary school had a ton of these old Disney reels and we would fire up the projector and show Jodie Foster movies. But I remember like this was a thing. Like we watched old Jodie Foster Disney movies whenever we whenever our teachers didn't want to do anything. This was one that when my dad had to go work in the office on Sundays, we'd stop by the grocery store and rent a video and I would take it to the conference room and watch it on their VCR TV that they had in their conference room that had a remote that was still attached to the VCR. It was just a really long wire. So I would sit at the conference table and put my feet up and pretend I was like an 80s executive watching. And Bugsy Malone was one of the Scott Bayo's in it, too. It's a it's it's an interesting, bizarre little movie. I don't know how it got made, to be honest. And it was Alan Parker. I I think it's Alan Parker's first feature movie. And Emily, I love that description because actually for both of you, because my son's school, as you remember, he was in school while using grammar school while I was in seminary. They would pull out a VCR in the times of DVD, they would have this stack of VCRs and this and Freaky Friday were always on rotation mm-hmm. and it would go could chunk into the VCR and somebody would figure out all the buttons and they'd show it on a tube TV that was on a roller stand, probably the same one you used, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> I've never, I'm just guy. <laughs> I'm still processing the idea of a wired remote control. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, you don't lose it; it doesn't wander <laughs> off, end up in someone's office. You know? That wire was so long too. That was also I could pretend I was Bob Barker on The Price Is Right with that wire. It was a big one. <laughs> okay, Emily, you've got two movies to wrap up here. All right, I'm going to go with the brave one. Mm, that's a good one. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Where she um, becomes her own um, vigilante justice. Mm-hmm. And I'm, this is controversial. Yep. My last pick. I'm going to go Maverick. Yeah, is this seat taken? <laughs> it is now. Oh. My name is Annabelle Brands. What do they call you? I'm Brett Maverick, ma'am, and I'm pleased to meet you. I like the game the way it is. <laughs> well, now, I bring all sorts of pluses to the table. I hardly ever bluff, and I never, ever cheat. I don't believe it. <laughs> Neither do I. I like the game just the way it is. What, what is an empty chair? Indeed. Now, I'll bet I can change your mind. I promise. 
that I will lose for at least an hour. I like that. Sounds good to me. My kind of player. We're playing five-card draw. Please sit down. As I said, my name is Mrs. Annabelle Bransford. Well, I think I caught that before, man. Except for Mrs. Pipe. Annie up and down. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I got to tell you guys, I was really the demographic that the early 90s Western revival was aimed at. I really I ate them all up. Reba McIntyre was in several made for TV movies where she was a gambler as well. And I loved every minute of Jodie Foster as like the wisecracking kind of hoodwinky, the real con artist in Maverick that really gets the best of both um, Mel Gibson and um James Gardner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The yeah. original Maverick. Driver. Yeah. Loved it. So you're saying that Leo DiCaprio's Quick and the Dead and like Young Guns 2, oh, things man. like that. That's your wheelhouse there. <laughs> it really, but it was more, you had to have a good card game in it. And it's a lot of fast, sarcastic dialogue. That was really uh, the, the ones that drew me in. So really the cheesy ones is what I'm saying. All right. Uh, Eric, you have one more pick left. I've got one more pick. And as we are speaking about cancel culture, here is another member of the canceled class, which is Shadows and Fog, directed by Woody Allen and Mm -hmm. starring as his leading lady, Mia Farrow. But in a supporting role is Jodie Foster. Mm. I think you've picked a Woody Allen movie every single time. Yeah, I think we I think we need to talk about this whole fifth beetle situation with Eric. I don't know whether this can keep going on. <laughs> I think I think we have a Woody Woody Allen stand in our <laughs> I'm the fifth beetle. I'm just gonna go and then I will leave and I'll start working on my sculpture project and I'm young in, in, in a garret in Hamburg. <laughs> To be fair, Ricardo usually picks a lot of Woody Allen stuff, too. Oh, yeah. It's okay. Okay. My last pick. I think every, I think my strategy is a little shot here. But you know what? I'm going to go with the accused. Damn it. I'm going to go with the accused. <laughs> Oscar nomination for Jodie Foster with the accused. Oscar, wait. Oscar win? She win? Oscar win. Mm-hmm. Oscar win mm-hmm. with the accused. Okay, Betsy, your last pick. Okay, my last pick. I gotta pull it up here. So really vulnerable sure. right now. I'm the last one. I know. That's the perils of going first. You get silence of the lambs, but <laughs> then you get dregs. Okay. So I had altered my my strategy in the middle. Now I'm back on it. This was actually a movie that I had on my list for a while. Um, because I did want to salute the child movies of Jodie Foster. Um, it was either her or Tatum O'Neill. It was like, you know, the blonde, spunky, independent, loving all that. So I'm going with the underappreciated candle shoe. Because okay. what's right. interesting, if you look at her her resume as a young person and you look up these movies, she's in them with some amazing powerhouse actors of Hollywood past, right? Like this is a movie where she is, I, I do not know whether she actually has an accent but she is in a stately English manner and a swashbuckling pirate has hidden a fortune in Spanish doubloons somewhere in here. And she is, she is trying to, to get it back. The poster I think says it all. 
laced with larceny, loaded with laughter. Just going to wow. put that out there. So wow. she's in this with David Niven, as well as Helen Hayes. Okay. Kind of crazy. So I don't remember having an accent in this movie. Okay. She just straight up is Jodie Foster in England. <laughs> yes. For 10% of the action in a red Ferrari, she'd con her own grandmother. And like, I want to show the, the folks here. Oh, wow. This is like classic Jodie Foster. That's classic Jodie Foster. She got some jeans on. Mm-hmm. She got a shirt on. She got a button down open on top. You know, and some sneaks like and some swooping bangs. Okay, so swooping, that's yes, yes, yes. The sweeping bang. Yep. Love it. That's got to be one of the Disney like reels it's, that was at my school. Pretty yes, sure. Yes, I feel like she was under contract with them or with someone. You know, kind of the end of that kind of system where she was going to make a number of G-rated movies for somebody, mm-hmm. and people were just going to be like, yeah. I feel like I feel like the Disney Channel would also do like candle shoe back to back with like the Dumplin' Gang or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's oh, like yeah. a Saturday night. <laughs> Dumplin' Gang. Uh, yeah. Liz, last pick for you. Okay, as I said, I have not seen any of these movies anymore, but I have now Googled a little bit, and I'm picking a slightly controversial 1970s horror film. The Little Girl Who Lives Down the Lane. Mr. Howard. Yes, ma'am. Will you tell your wife? What? Will you tell your wife? Well, suppose you let me take care of that, okay? The fire's catching. It's nice and cozy now, huh? What are we listening to? Chopin, piano concerto number one. It's lovely. Which stars a very handsome young Martin Sheen. Oh. And it looks good. It looks scary. But let me tell you the controversy. It's pretty gross, actually. She's, Foster plays like a 13-year-old. Or she, I think, girl. There's like murder. There's, it's a scary horror movie. But there's a nude scene. But her older sister, who was 21 at the time, plays a body double. Is a, is a, her is her sister's her thirteen year old sister's body double, weird, right? Weird. So I'm picking it for its controversy. I'm picking it for Martin Sheen. I'm picking Very it weird. I have time to Google anything else? <laughs> wow, wow. Yeah. What year so, was that movie? What year it's like that? 1976. It's fascinating to think, right, that Jodie Foster is doing this thing where she swings back and forth from like G-rated Disney movies to dark like you know um explorations of the human psyche <laughs> like it sort of goes back and forth well this was the same year as taxi driver but the bugsy malone things in between right but, but right. you consider that she also did maverick what 15 years later there, there's still that the swing the swing still happens and it's one and i wonder you know there's the desire for a nice scenery chewing oscar move and then I need to buy a new house, so I'm going to. <laughs> and listen, I, I in doing research for this, I googled foxes because I was like, "What is that?" Mm-hmm. That trailer looks like a porn. It is oh, like straight oh. 1980, like four women who are taking big care of business. Like just, it it was. I was like, "What is happening?" But I think, I think this is part of the 70s of like. 
people really didn't care what kids did. Like there was no uproar about like Jody's too adult. Although there was, I guess, with Brooke Shields. So I don't know why Brooke Shields was like taken to task for being too adult in her Blue Lagoon movie, but I think Jody there Foster was could do a it. controversy around Taxi Driver, wasn't there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was with Taxi Driver playing though. a sex worker. Jodie yeah. Foster, what a career! Dark movies there. Dark mm-hmm. movies mixed with Disney. Um, okay, so uh, Liz, your canon, Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> Nell, Dangerous Lives of Altar Boys and Little Girl Who Lived Down the Lane. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So are you going for longest Jodie Foster titles? Is that? <laughs> yes. Oh. And I think I'm also going with Psychologically Darkest. My slate is a dark one and um, the titles are long. That's that's your canon. That's right. Wow. A full throated defense of everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Happened on this uh, Betsy, your canon contact little man, Tate flight plan and candle shoe. Let's see, defend your canon. Are mine the shortest named ones? I think so. I think so. One word. I mean, I didn't even think about that. Thanks, Liz, for bringing that up as a real touchstone reason Mm -hmm. why mine's the best and yours (laughs) is the best. Um, I really went for Jodie Foster getting it done. Like, yeah, she'll bring a few people on for the ride, but she is the one. She's the driving force. Her dreams for her son, her dreams for contact with an alien species. She does not give up listening. Her dreams for finding her child lost in her plane. Her <laughs> dreams for conning her grandmother so that she can get some money and work with David Niven. I think I think she she just goes balls to the wall. She gets it done. And it's just she's spunky. She's a role model. And I'm I'm forever grateful that people tell me I look like her. Awesome. Uh my canon is panic room. Summersby, Inside Man, and The Accused. Uh, the theme for my canon is actually very simple. Or at least it started off very simple, and then it all fell apart uh, once some other uh, titles got picked. These were all uh, movies that I went on a first date on. <laughs> and I just realized that, like... that true? Yeah, I just realized that, like, Jodie Foster was, like, my go-to for, like, first dates. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea until we were looking at all these titles on these movies. And I was like, oh, yeah, Panic Room. Oh, wait a second. Summersby. Oh, wait. <laughs> were any of these your first date with Karen? Uh, no. Okay. Um, I think I can't remember what Karen and I saw as far as like first movie. It may have been Kill Bill. <laughs> there you go um but anyway uh yeah so like uh, high school college like all like that's the thing about jodie foster is that she's um kind of like you know a little bit older than me she has that kind of feel of like you know the kids who were in high school when you were in elementary school like that kind of vibe going for her and so she always seems really cool she always seems like just ahead of where I am and so as I was growing up because her career is so long it's easy for you to sort of track moments of your life 
to the movies that she was putting out. So yeah, Jodie Foster, first date movies for Greg, apparently. So so essentially you're the kid in Stealing Home. Like that's what you just described. <laughs> She's the cooler, older babysitter. Sure. Mm-hmm. Got it. Sure. Uh, Okay, Eric, you have Kansas City Bomber, Taxi Driver, Bugsy Malone, and Shadows and Fog. Eric, what are you going for with your canon? I have no clue. (laughs) (laughs) Because some of them are taken. And yet, I wanted to raise up the Jodie Foster of the 1970s, early 1980s. The young Jodie Foster hit our screens with and when you think about Bugsy Malone and uh, Kansas City Bomber, where she plays somebody's child, and in Taxi Driver, where she's a teenage prostitute, um, you're getting a full range from the Disney to the series. There you go. And hey, you can't be Kansas City Bomber when it's not only it's about roller derbies, Raquel Welch is in it. <laughs> An older Raquel Welch, but still uh, the, the tough sex pot. So there wow. you go. With a heart of gold. All right. Tough sex pot with a heart of gold. What an epitaph. <laughs> like, what an what an aspiration. She died the way she lived. <laughs> Tough sex pot with a heart of gold. With a heart of gold. <laughs> yeah. They all have, exactly. All right, Emily, you have Stealing Home, Freaky Friday, The Brave One, and The Controversial Maverick. Emily, defend your cannon. I think what I have loved about Jodie Foster since I was little is that she represented a way of being a girl or a woman being female that broke the mold. She didn't, she didn't really adhere to any of the rules of what a woman should be or how we should behave. She always was pushing limits and boundaries. And so I just think of her as kind of an early feminist role model for me as a kid. And I really appreciate that she was out there with these kind of roles to show that there's another way of being a woman in the world than um, what the rest of Hollywood was kind of shoving down our throats at that point. Nice. Okay. That is it. Those are our picks for the essential Jodie Foster movies. Did we leave something behind? Are you screaming at your radio right now? I can't believe that no one chose the beaver or Elysium or Anna and the Do you have a radio? (laughs) Do you have a radio in the year 2022? Is that how you listen to podcasts? (laughs) These are all great questions. Are you you just now tuning in (laughs) and thinking, I need to make my voice heard? Well, then do so. Vote for your favorite canon on our website, poppingcollegepodcast.com and email us, poppingcollegepodcast at gmail.com. I want to see what story from history like Bugs Me Malone we'd like to tell with an all-child guest. What's next? What's the revival there of an inappropriate story to tell with children? Again, thank you, 1970s. Thank you. 1970s, the gift that just keeps on giving. We will see you next time with a new topic on the canon. Until then, keep those colors pop. Pop, pop. My name is Exotic places I don't remember